I really, really tried to start every day when I wake up not looking at my phone, but doing something that is grounding for me. And that is either usually meditation, I practice yoga, and I have a, a gym set up in my garage. So it's usually movement and sort of breathing and, and putting my mind towards something else. Surfing is my absolute favorite thing to do. Um, it is the most cleansing thing that I'm able to do. I live near the beach, and so whenever I can get out, I do. Unfortunately, surfing isn't a daily practice for me, but um, I've been able to get out pretty much weekly throughout this, and it's something I'm incredibly, incredibly grateful for. I started working for the city uh, in 2005. At the time, um, my kids were pretty young, but I think had started school. I was offered a temporary position with, as an analyst to work on some of the programs that were funded through Homeland Security. I ultimately spent almost five years at the health department coordinating emergency programs. It was something that I really enjoyed and turned out I was pretty good at. Thinking about glass ceiling, some of that is really related to being a mother and self-imposed in some ways that I did not feel like I could allow myself to pursue more responsibility, um, that I accepted treading water in my career um, when my kids were young. Uh, and then as they got older, I felt more comfortable, I suppose, um, moving forward. In my career, I have been asked to step forward. I wish that I had earlier stepped forward myself. And I feel really strongly like I am 100% the right person for this job, including during this time. I can't imagine a harder time to be in this role. I'm humbled and privileged, but also very confident. So here at Moscone Center, um, this is the COVID Command Center, or the Triple C. Here is where we, what we call Unified Command. So this is where we have been here physically since March. Um, and then in July, we developed this unified structure. So it's the Department of Emergency Management, um, the Department of Public Health, and our Human Services Housing uh, partners, so primarily uh, the the Department of Homelessness and Supportive Housing and Human Services Agency. So it's sort of a three-headed command in which we are coordinating and operating everything related to COVID response. And now, of course, in this final phase, it's uh, mass vaccination. The first year before was before the pandemic um, was extremely busy. The fires, obviously, um, that both we were able to provide mutual support, but also the impact of air quality. We had um, in 2018 the worst air quality 10 or 11 days here in the city. I'm sure you all remember it. And then finally, the day that the sun didn't come out in San Francisco, which was in October, um, the orange skies, it felt apocalyptic, um, super scary for people. You know, all of those things, people depend on government. 
to say, what's happening? Are we safe? What do I do? And that's a lot of what Department of Emergency Management's role is. Public service is truly that. It is such an incredible and effective way that we can make change for the most vulnerable. I spend a lot of my day um, in problem-solving mode, so I, there's a lot of conversations with people, making connections, identifying gaps in resources or whatever it might be, and, and trying to adjust that. The pace of the pandemic has been nonstop for 11 months. It is unrelenting, really long days, I think, that more of them we're used to, most of us. Honestly, I, I don't, I'm not sure how we're all getting through it. This is beyond what any of us ever expected to experience in our lifetime. What we discover is how strong we are and really the depth of our resilience. Um, and I say that for every single city employee that has been working around the clock for the last 11 months. And I also speak to my, about myself. Every day I have to sort of have that moment of like, okay, I'm really tired, I'm weary, but we gotta keep going. It is, I would say, the biggest challenge um, that I have had personally and professionally to be the best mom that I can be, but also the best uh, public servant in whatever role I'm in. I just wish that I, as my younger self, could have had someone tell me, you know, you can do it, and to give a little more nudge. So there, indirectly, people have helped me because they have seen something in me that I did not see in myself, for which I'm grateful. There is clear data that shows that women lost their jobs and income in part because they have had to take care of their kids because all of those safety nets, all those things that we depend on, schools and daycare and sharing, you know, being together with other kids isn't, isn't available. I've also often thought like, oh, if my kids were younger, I don't think I could do this job. But that's unacceptable. A, a person who's younger than me who has young children if they are capable and have the leadership, we want them in positions, and so it shouldn't be limiting. Women need to assume that they're more capable than they think they are. Men will go for a job whether they're qualified or not. We tend to want to be 110% qualified before we'll step forward. I think we need to be a little more brave, um, a little more sort of exploratory about stepping up um, into positions. The other thing is that when given an opportunity, really think twice before you put in front of you the reasons why you should not take that leadership position. We all need to step up so that we can show the person behind us that it's doable and so that we have the power to make the changes for other women that are gonna make the possibility for their path easier than ours. Other women see me in it. And I hope that they see me and they understand like if I can do it, then they can do it. Because the fact is, the higher you get, the more influence you have. And um, you gotta use it. And power, I'm gonna say it. The more power and leadership that we can kind of put out there, um, it's, it's gonna help all of us. So raise the bar is what I would say.